Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, glory, saints. Are you see to it? <laughs> Remember when I, when I said that? Are you seeing to it? Remember what the Lord said? We are to see to it, see to it. Uh, you know, this is something we cannot do in the flesh, and I think we all know that. So let's go to Matthew 24 and pick it up and see what's going on. Remember, Jesus is answering the disciples' questions. Tell us, when are these things going to happen, they'd ask. And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? First thing Jesus says in Matthew 24, 4 is, see to it that no one misleads you. Okay, That's not something that you can do in the flesh and that you can do... Uh, uh, without becoming a pharisaical religionist, okay? It's in the power of the Spirit that we see to it that no one misleads you through the Spirit, through His Word, and really through the body. We have a role and responsibility with one another to make sure that we are not deceived in any way. And then He comes back and says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Remember that? Jesus said, see to it that you are not frightened because these things must take place, but it's not the end yet. And he said, nations will rise against nations. And the idea with that is the ethnic groups. And we're seeing that across the world today. The ethnic groups are rising up against ethnic groups. And then he says in various places that there'll be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are just the beginning of birth pains. So in verse 9, we pick it up and Jesus says this, Then, now notice how he said then, He's given sort of a chronology right here. As I've said before, uh, verses 4 through 14 are literally a panoramic overview of what's going to happen from the time the disciples had asked that question right there, those questions, to what Jesus describes them at the end of verse 14. He says, and then the end will come. So what he's saying right here gives a picture of this entire thing. So in verse 9 he says, then, apparently after the beginning of birth pains, as we're in this process, as these things are going along, then they will deliver you to tribulation. Now, I know every time we see that word tribulation, our minds go certain places, particularly if you're out of my background in the deep south of the United States. Okay? And, uh, but we're going to talk a lot about that and get a real good understanding of what the Scripture says about the timing of his return and the timing of our going to him. As a matter of fact, in this chapter, Jesus actually coins the phrase later on, great tribulation. Okay. But then right here in verse 9, he says, Then they will deliver you to tribulation. Makes you wonder who the they is, huh? And will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And I think just the, the, the phrasing right here gives us some hints and some insight and some things. Yes, elements of this have occurred already. Have people uh, undergone tribulation because of the name of the Lord? Yes. Have people been killed because of the name of the Lord? Yes, and they continue to be so. Have nations hated <coughs> uh, people, hated believers because of the name of the Lord? Yes. But when it says, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name, that right there gives me a sense of timing, that, th that there's things that have yet to come. There's a hatred that we haven't experienced yet. That word, all nations, is important. It means all nations. We know from another portion of the Scripture that a day is coming when all nations will turn against Jerusalem and against Israel. All nations. That means the nations that currently support her right now 
will turn against her. So Jesus is saying this, hey, they're going to deliver you over the tribulation. They're going to kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Verse 10, at that time, at what time? At the time when you're undergoing this tribulation, at the time they're killing you, at the time when you're hated by all nations, at that time, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Well, fall away from the, from what? Well, apparently fall away from belief, fall away from faith. We're going to look at this in a lot more detail later on when we do some cross-referencing in Thessalonians. But we know at this time that there will be those who will fall away, who will turn away. Now, what's interesting is a lot of times people will come along and they will say this. They'll say, well, Jesus is speaking to his Jewish disciples right here. So he's talking to, his, uh, to the Jewish people, to Israel. So this is only for the Jewish people, and this is not for believers. You can't do that. You can't come along and say Matthew 24 and 25 is for only the Jewish people, but Matthew 28, where the great sending forth is, is for the church. You can't pick and choose like that. No, he's saying this, that there's going to be a falling away. Now, I think the falling away that you see in Thessalonians and the apostasy and things like that uh, does speak to Israel and that Israel will turn away from God and will turn to the world for help, et cetera, et cetera, which they've done so many times before. Because here's what the truth is. If you are a true believer, if you're truly saved, you cannot fall away. You cannot commit apostasy in the sense of, quote, unquote, losing your salvation. First John helps us with that because some people had left the body and they were distressed by it. And John wrote back and said, don't fear that, don't worry. If they had really been of you, they would have stayed with you. And so the picture is that they were really not a true believers. They were false professors. They may have professed something. They may have wanted to believe something. And they may have academically and in their mind believed something. And yet they truly weren't saved. What's going to happen right here is there's going to be a falling away in, uh, within Judaism. There'll be people that will turn away from God. Within the organizational church, I think three-fourths of the organizational church will walk away. There will be a falling away from the organizational church because they're not truly saved. When the time comes that it costs something to be associated with true belief, you'll find out who the true believers are. So Jesus says, at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Then verse 11, many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. And we're seeing that happen today. False prophet after false prophet is arising. And it's the saddest thing because those that are true prophets are being torn to pieces by religionists. And those that are false prophets are being uh, raised up and being used as examples of success within the kingdom. And Jesus has warned us. He said these things will happen. Then verse 12, he says this, Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Love's just going to fall by the wayside because lawlessness is increasing in the world upon the land. I think lawlessness is going to be increasing within the professing body of Christ. Remember what Jesus said. He said, The world will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. And he's saying what's going to happen is love is going to decrease in the world and even within the professing body because a lot of them are not really saved. Okay? This is going to be a purging time. Then two more verses, verse 13. But the one who endures to the end 
he will be saved. People quite often say, well, what do you mean? I thought I was saved already. If you're truly repented and confessed and called upon the name of the Lord, you are saved. But you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. The primary way to know that you are truly saved is the fact that you endure to the end, that you press on to the end. And that's what Jesus is saying right here. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Then verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. I've heard that verse right there used many, many times to uh, exhort people and encourage people to go and share the gospel. We need to share the gospel. We must share the gospel by word and by deed. <coughs> and that verse is used. But they never quite get to what the real fulfillment of that is. And you actually see it over in Revelation. In Revelation, you see that happening in the most curious kind of ways. And it has nothing to do with the internet or with the satellite or TV or all the stuff that we think that we must do to spread the gospel. It's really sort of an interesting thing. We'll talk about that some other time. Uh, that's, a, that's a really bad teaser, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.